with Aaron Cowell. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Garrison Financial Friday out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We will get into the high school football, maybe right here at the top for sure at the bottom of the show as well. Did you see that score last night? I did. Guthrie for real. I guess Carl Albert had to throw a touchdown pass on fourth down with under a minute to go to win the game. Wow. Now, they did get more than three, which Guthrie had only given up three points all year until last night. But, man, heck of a game. Big games around the state, of course. Big Elks hosting Weatherford tonight. We'll talk about that one. Uh, all the others in 4A1 and uh, Merritt and Sarah and Hollis as well. College football, what scares you? Does it, is there anything that scares you about UCF coming to Norman? Can Oklahoma run the ball for more than 200 yards against one of the very worst run defenses in the country? Is it a battle for third in Morgantown coming up tomorrow? OSU in West Virginia. Big games around the country as well. Ohio State, Penn State headlining the group tomorrow in college football. MLB playoffs. Rut row. Jared's got the <laughs> mad look on his face today. I've, I've packed up all my Ranger stuff. Series, there's He over. burned it. It's over. Jared burned his stuff well, in the fire pit no, no, last it's, night. It's, I've packed it up. I've got my Thunder gear out. Hey, like I said, good news. They're going back to Houston, so I'll give you a chance. Maybe. Well, now they got one more tonight. I know, but but, but they're definitely going they're back definitely to Houston. They're definitely going back to Houston, yeah. I might give the Rangers a chance to get back in this series. I was going to say <clears> that, <throat> that, well, at least you can watch uh, Miami play in the, in the soccer playoffs, but no, Messi didn't make the soccer playoffs. What a bummer. First year in the league, and his team doesn't make the playoffs. Well, if they'd have just got him a little earlier. That's true. <laughs> they had him pretty far when behind the eight ball. The, getting true. the crud kicked out of you, and you're like, hey, here's a half a season. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. That voice here is Scotty G. How are you today? I'm good. I'm better than Jared, man. This guy looks. Oh, it's amazing Look what, too. It's sports. His I'm fine. forehead keeps getting redder. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> It's amazing what happens in two days. <laughs> two days ago, it was uh, it was like singing a nice little tune. And, yeah, hey, we might sweep them. Hell, now it's like, um, do you no. blame me? They're up two nothing. They got it on the road. Uh, I wasn't the only one singing that tune. It's just pretty uh, confident. <sighs> Will Bowie said, "There's such a thing as soccer." <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's okay. I some guy. I can't do before you leave you've got to read the text messages I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs> They're just flowing in. Yeah, no, but it's not it doesn't have anything to do with any of this. You'll you'll find it hilarious. All right. A former classmate uh is football. <laughs> not not wanting to put it on the text line though, huh? Oh no no no. It's this isn't sports related. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, gotcha. You'll, you'll laugh. All right. Uh you know, something I was asking you, you know, talking about before the show. Last week, around Thursday of last week, I saw the Oklahoma football Twitter account tweet out that uh, <clears throat> they had sold an extra thousand season tickets for 2024, the first year in the SEC. Thought it was uh, the timing was 
obvious coming off the win against Texas. And so uh, I guess the first question is, is there a way to judge what the economic impact to not only the football team, but the university, and not just the win against Texas, but also that move to the SEC? Uh, it, it may take a while, I guess, maybe, but I would think, and and you have stuff to prove this, good football in the SEC matters to the college as much or more than it does the actual football program. Yeah, yeah. So I, Alabama, after Alabama's first national championship win, win, uh, their applications to the school for students doubled. Not not athletes, their application to the school for college students doubled, which is just insane. Are you talking like in the <laughs> modern era, like the very first national their or first, like the first Saban national? The Saban. The first Saban national gotcha. championship. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, think about that because you're talk, now you're talking about kids that aren't getting – those aren't scholarship kids. Those are kids that are paying full tuition. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? So Everybody likes to hitch their wagon but, to a winner, that's for but sure. But not just that. Your you're apparel – your yeah yeah all see, of that stuff see that's that it's funny you say apparel because it rem, everybody remembers our age everybody remembers like east bay magazine right right yeah and so when when i was like in junior high and early high school you'd look at the starter jackets oh yeah and you know what would be conspicuous Pittsburgh starter did jacket. you have a pittsburgh oh, see yeah. what, what would be missing in the college line OU, oh, because it was right. the middle of the 90s and they weren't any good. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you pick one up in 2001, boom, they're like the first one. Yeah. And so that just, it, it amazed me how much, you know, because obviously being from Oklahoma, when you'd see all those different magazines, or for a long time, you wouldn't even see Oklahoma as an option to buy. Yeah. You'd almost have to call the hotline and be, you know, hey, do you have OU stuff? Then all of a sudden... Stoops comes win the national championship, and you didn't have to call the hotline anymore. They actually had a number for it that you could just enter in. How, how much? How much does uh, three picks and a frog stomping from Notre Dame make Caleb Williams jersey sales drop? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All Sorry. of a sudden, I just no, it, it definitely oh, dropped that was, his Heisman stock. I'm sure. I'm sure his apparel sales have gone down. Sure, that wasn't anywhere near as good as as OU beating Texas, but that was almost as good as a OU win. Man. I made a guarantee last week. Uh-oh. And I forgot to look this up. So you know how you have, once the, the TV ratings start coming out, and then they'll break it down by city? You know, who watched? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I made a guarantee that Oklahoma City would be one of the top two. Ahead of ahead That's, of L.A. I'll bet like you Like, maybe behind. Let, let's see if we can find this on the fly. I'll bet you money that Oklahoma City was in the top two. Yeah. Like yeah, above, watching the Notre above Dame. Los Angeles, maybe behind like Chicago. I yeah, yeah. So where do they finish this season? Where's USC finish? What's your what's your over under now? That because they have the, Utah what's Vegas today, over the, tomorrow. They have Utah tomorrow. They got Washington left. They got Oregon left. They have UCLA left. Just off the top of my head. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people saying those four games will go two and two. I'm not ready to go. there. I'm not going to give. I'm them not two ready two. to go there. You think worse? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. That's see. So Vegas thinks they're going to lose. At I mean, least that was two in, more. that was in September. Uh, that was oh, the, that was September. That was, wow. Huh. 
Hmm. Interesting. I wonder what it is now. Because I bet it's... I don't know. I'd like to know what Notre Dame saw that... Well, they didn't have to see a lot. They had immense pressure on them up front all night well, long. Yeah. Forced bad passes. I don't even know if downfield coverage was a thing because it seemed like snap, sack, snap, yeah, but sack. <clears throat> we've seen it. How do you slow him down? You hem him up. Mm-hmm. You can almost give him all the time in the world back there. Keep him in the pocket. Just keep him in the pocket. And what's he going? What's his natural inclination is to do what? Tuck it and run. No, try to make the biggest play on the field. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We, we've seen it for now. When you you think about watching his play, even here, when were the play the big giant plays really made? It was when he was outside the pocket, either with running or throwing. Right. It was moving. But if you kept him standing there, patting the ball. He just waited until somebody started going deep, and he'd throw it, throw it to the other team. Yeah. yeah. Rush three, drop eight. That's true. And that's – I mean, yeah, there was times where Notre Dame was on him immediately. But there was also other times where they didn't let him get out, and then eventually the walls kind of closed in, mm-hmm. and he did something silly. And he had a hard, hard time making – yeah, yeah. You cover up his top two receivers, and he starts he starts to struggle. When he's, when he's having to look, he's starting to struggle. So – <clears throat> yeah, it, and he he trusts his arm, which I would too if I was him. Let's not kid ourselves. He's got his a arm is incredible, but he he trusts it so much that when he sees things late, he still thinks he can get it in there. Yeah, and sometimes he can, and the other night he well, against lesser teams he can. <clears throat> and I wonder if it's Utah who set this blueprint up. Maybe a little his time at OU. Shoot, was it even Kansas when they struggled? But you know, but now they got Utah. Is what I'm getting at. They got Utah this week, a team that beat them twice last year. But with or without Cam Rising, I've heard, I've heard both. But but is offense the thing that I mean? They're going to move. Utah will move the ball because USC's defense is so abysmal that. See, to me, that was the funniest part of the entire Notre Dame game. USC's defense actually played pretty good. They, they only gave up like 250 yeah. yards, yeah. and it didn't matter because yeah. you look up and it's 48, and people that didn't watch the game were like, oh, my God, Grinch's defense still sucks. Well, it was actually it's, pretty good. It wasn't the defense that was the problem <laughs> no, there. No, no. No. Uh, what, a kickoff return? A, uh, thankfully, it was Mario Williams that fumbled away <laughs> the, yeah. the ball there at the end. Yeah. So what do you make of what we saw yesterday? Speaking of USC, speaking of old Lincoln. Well, here's my question. If I'm – an NFL scout and I watch that game and I watch his tape I think that there's maybe two other quarterbacks that I'm going to take before him yeah not me and then when you then when you he's still your number one guy absolutely yeah yeah. Absolutely. Now there. I mean, but it's now. Here's the difference between me and maybe what you hear. But, but here he's what, the best best prospect since. Yeah. Who go back as far as you want to. I'm, uh, there's flaws there, and and one there of them is flaws. that it does. It, he feels like he tries so hard to be the spectacular part of what Patrick Mahomes does yeah. that he forgets Patrick Mahomes normally just plays quarterback. Yeah, just takes what the defense gives him, mm-hmm. and stands there and just throws it to the open guy. Yeah, and that's the part of his game that I think he's missing because one ego and that the arrogance of expecting to have ownership as yeah, a guy that's never well, thrown that's a pass. Where I was going to go. That's yeah. where I was going to go. I'm not just going off of his athletic ability. I mean, he's a head case. He is a head case. You think and it's his, him or his dad? 
does it matter? If his yeah. dad is controlling him, does it matter? Yeah, probably not. If daddy's in charge, you know? And that's a hard conversation to uh, have as a kid. Dad, you're out. Yeah. That's a hard one to yeah. not a lot of people could do that. You know? If he's gonna be such a if he's gonna be a Doctor Evil crying because his daddy didn't love him, you know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's I, I thought that Jim Draber's analysis earlier this I think it was Jim was interesting. Kinda like a Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell could throw the ball end zone mm-hmm. to end zone. I mean the arm was incredible. But, you know, you get to the NFL and you get Diggs covering up one receiver and and yeah. we'll see. Uh, do you think – okay, to this – so the Lincoln stuff yesterday, Dan Patrick, which, you know, he's one of those guys that you don't see messing up very No, often he doesn't mess up with, very often. With his information. He's the one that, that fires out there that uh, – Lincoln Riley's already making overtures toward NFL teams to move on with Caleb, yeah. if at all possible. A lot of people think he would fit in, in Charger land with Justin Herbert seamlessly, and that if Brandon Staley doesn't get fired this offseason, I have no idea what the Chargers are doing. Yeah. Do you think, though, for, for Williams, better for his NFL prospects – that Lincoln comes with or that he breaks away from him and, and gets coached by somebody else, a new perspective? I think it's all going to matter on how they how the offense performs for the rest of the year because if the offensive line can't block, yeah. then now, now it's more of a question of, well, how much did Biedenboe have to do with Lincoln Riley's offensive success at, at Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. How, how much did, did future NFL – starting tackles and guards and and the best center maybe the best center that the NFL has seen in 20 years I mean his career has certainly started Humphrey's career has certainly started out looking like that oh yeah what did those guys have to do with his success at the University of Oklahoma yeah I I know these guys played before but it's to your point when you when you hear guys any NFL conversation about offensive line the top two tackles and the best center are all from the same school. <laughs> it's crazy that, but it is. Yeah, and, you know, and and, and those aren't the only guys either. Right. I mean, it, it's I'm super try- interesting. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that Williams allegedly wants part ownership of wherever he is going, and then coupled with the I fact, think- if it's true that Riley wants to go with, would that make Williams? If Riley's that, boss, if, I mean, could if, Williams, Williams have a say of the hiring and firing of coaches? Well, first off, you can't do that. So if that it really matter. is true that he's asking for ownership, then he is more more of a mental head case than we think. I mean, surely he's surely he's not doing that. LeBron asked for it, and LeBron didn't get it. And LeBron asked for it after he'd been winning for 20 years. Right. Well, I mean, MJ got it and then had to turn it over when he came back yeah. to play. Yeah. You know, um, I, I don't so think why it, is he even saying that? Why is that out there? If it can't well, happen, why is it being reported? Well, it, it, it was reported in July, but because he played so bad last yeah, Saturday, that's here it it's, it's drummed back up. Yeah. You know, this is stuff that... But I go back, why? 
If it can't happen, why is it even being reported? Why are people going, well, that's uh, you can't do that. Michael freaking Jordan had to give it up. Why is It's why? to knock him off his pedestal. It's yeah. obvious. Yeah. It's people that have an agenda against him yeah. are bringing it up after he plays bad. Absolutely. And, and it's it's obvious why it happened this week yeah. because he was terrible. He was his awful. worst game he's ever played. Yeah. And so pile on, pile on, pile on. I mean, that's why that's happening now, re- rehashing an old story. Um that's irresponsible reporting. If it can't happen, if it 100% can't happen. Well, he may happen, not know it well, can't happen. Well, I mean, it could, it, you know, I mean, I, I suppose it could happen. I mean, Miami gave partial ownership to Messi after his career. So when he leaves, he's going to get partial. When he retires, yeah, he's going to get partial ownership. That's right, yeah. But we're talking about an MLS team. Yeah. We're talking about a league that's still trying to gain footing in the country at all. We're not talking about the NFL. We're not talking about the greatest. Yeah. We're not talking about Chicago I mean, the Bears NFL or, told yeah. Saudi Arabia to kick rocks. That's right. When you can do that. You're on top of the pedestal. You're on yes. top of the mountain, and, 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 and you know what? And, and who knows? Maybe that is the way they actually approached it: was ownership stake after, and then it got turned into, yeah. "Oh, he's trying to be the owner of the team before he ever even plays a day." Yeah. I mean, we all know how how stuff gets reported, and it's just it's crazy um, until you really know the story. And it's the perfect time to talk about release it out there because he was so bad last week. Yeah. If he'd have thrown for four touchdowns and four hundred yards, guess what? Story wouldn't be there. No, it and wouldn't. probably not. And, and probably Dan Patrick doesn't get his information either about Lincoln Riley if they blow Notre Dame out. Besides that, the other the other reason why there's absolutely zero chance that it's ever, ever, ever going to happen for any any NFL player ever is because. Do you know what that does to contract negotiations no. moving forward? Oh, yeah. You know the can of worms that that thing opens up? I mean, you're talking about an NFL franchise is worth at minimum $1.5 billion. Worst one, $1.5 billion. So if you give him 10%, yeah. so you just gave him $150 million steak. Steak? <laughs> yeah. Before you even pay him any Before money. Before you paid him any money? Yeah. That's, it's just not going to happen. No, it's. I mean, there's a reason why it's in the collective bargaining agreement that it can't. Yeah, but so. it's all it's all pretty interesting. And this is, I, I don't know if we 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 haven't seen Caleb Williams in this spot yet, and I really don't know that we've ever seen Lincoln Riley in this spot. It's going to be interesting to see them have to fight out of how this. they come out. You know, yeah. the the Riley losses for the most part were at the end. Well, and let's, I mean, let's really break it down and be honest about it. If it weren't for the name Notre Dame, the story wouldn't be that you got beaten, that you got your tush kicked. The story would be that you got whooped by a two-loss team. Yeah. Yeah. Notre Dame helps in that regard. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. And now they get uh, Utah is what? Have they lost twice? Once. They've just lost once. To or, Oregon, Oregon State. State, yeah, I knew they. So that's. I'm waiting for him to. I'm waiting for it. Here comes the Oregon State. Yeah. Well, then the next week, Oregon State loses to like. They lost to Washington State. Yeah. There's still one it's, loss though. It's not bad. Yeah, I mentioned to Jared the other day that uh, when we did our investment game, yeah, at Oregon State, one could crush y'all's soul if it comes through. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down. I can't remember where I put it to keep it safe. Uh, my, so, what what do you think? USC, Utah, obviously, but 
uh, the big one tomorrow around the country, Penn State, Ohio State. Here's something uh, I heard yesterday that is, I didn't realize it was this bad. You got any idea? So this is James Franklin's 10th year, and he gets to play Ohio State Michigan every year because they're in the same yeah. division. You got any idea <clears throat> how many times he's beaten those two schools in 18 tries? I'm going to say once Michigan. He beat Ohio State once. Okay. One and eight. He's actually beat Michigan three. Okay. All right. So he's four and I knew 14. It wasn't much. Four and 14 against those two. One and eight against Ohio State. Yeah. Does, is tomorrow a day that he can maybe dig out of it? <sighs> Y'all both I, had the same I reaction. Think so. uh, I, maybe. I, I picked him to beat the spread. I did too. Because Ohio State hasn't looked spectacular. I mean, they haven't started – they haven't played a first half yet this year. <clears throat> That's what Jared was talking about yesterday. Yeah. So, <coughs> I don't know. You know, is there – do you think he's got that much heat? Well, I'm sure he does because Penn State's just like Oklahoma and everybody forgets the, the dumpster fire that he pulled Penn State out of. And Penn State was a dumpster oh, yeah. fire. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of heat. Yeah, we just don't – because, I don't know, Penn State just seems like that. From the jerseys to the location to the way they play, just kind of blah. Yeah. So you don't really hear a ton about him. You know, you, you, when you hear about him, it's, is he leaving to go somewhere else, not is he getting ran out of Happy Valley. I have a feeling Penn State's going to win this game. Yeah. I've liked them all year long. Jared's finally jumped on the bandwagon the last couple of weeks. And it's maybe more of an indictment against Ohio State than it is uh, that's what I was, Penn State. Yeah. Yeah, Penn State, if if Penn State and Ohio State were both at the same level, like as far as playing really, really good up to this point, I would lean Ohio State because it's in it's in it's at Ohio State, it's at the yeah. shoe. But like you said, it's like if Ohio State they just seem a little off, slow to start. Penn well they State got the number consistent. one receiver in the country and they can't get him the ball. Yeah. That McCord Everybody that watched the game, everybody's watched Ohio State play once. And it was against Notre Dame. And nobody remembers that he really kind of struggled until the end there. And then all of a sudden, to his credit, he made those huge throws. The one to Ibuka down on the one-yard line was just a – it was a missile. Yeah. I mean, a dime. Yeah. But it wasn't that good throughout the day. And, and you're right. When you've got Marvin and you can't really – And it doesn't you, even you feel like they're trying to make a scheme to get him the ball. Well, it doesn't – you, you know it's not working very well when you start looking at some of these midseason All-American teams. And if I'd have told you before the season that Marvin Harrison Jr. wouldn't be on some of them, you'd have put me in. The, you'd have kept me in this room and patted it. Yeah, because I'd losing my mind. But he's not. No, he's not on a whole bunch of them because he's just not getting the ball. Yeah. Maybe maybe that C.J. Stroud was a pretty good quarterback. Eh? I think so. Good grief. Hey, I underestimated that guy. I did. He was my guy out of coming out. That's, he was. Now, I hated Justin Herbert, and that's clearly the wrong choice because he's good. <laughs> <clears throat> I didn't like him. He's a good player. But I, CJ was my guy last year, and so far, that's proven to be. Yeah, looking pretty good. Looking pretty, looking pretty good. Um, one last for tomorrow. Tennessee and Alabama. I think Tennessee wins. Does anybody, Tennessee. Does anybody score 20? I'm picking Tennessee. Tennessee's defense is very good. Yeah. Tennessee's I, offense, it's not often in a top 20 matchup, you can say this, for Alabama, 
But it's true tomorrow. Alabama has the better quarterback. Joe Milton is terrible. He Joe, might be able Joe, to throw it through the goalpost, but he's terrible. Joe Milton has not looked good, but I tell you what. They need to bring in Nico. Al- Alabama doesn't. Yeah, I like to see that guy. I mean. Bama's offense isn't very good. They, they've they gone through every quarterback they got, and they still don't have one. Looked like about the time you thought last week Milrow was kind of figuring it out, then they let him throw. Yeah. Then and they Arkansas like, was back in the game. Gave him some freedom, <laughs> and then boom. Like, boom, three and out. Here goes Arkansas. <laughs> now, this both these defenses are Alabama's defense is good. Tennessee's may be better. Yeah. Tennessee may have the best defense in the SEC. Yep. yep. So, yeah. I, I don't know what the total is, but under. Yeah, it's going to be. Give me Alabama, and they're going to be playing Dixieland Delight at the very end on repeat. Just to rub it in. <laughs> White tail buck deer. That's what they're going to be doing. They got right. revenge on their mind. It's in Tuscaloosa. You're going to be at Big Oak yeah. Stadium tonight? I am. I'm excited. Let's go. This is a big-time game. Big-time And I tell game. you, I, I mean, what I saw last week was was the most encouraging thing I've seen from a high school coaching in, in – a long time the fact that i mean i don't know if there's a kid on the roster that didn't get to play last week and not even that they didn't that they got to they didn't yeah they they didn't excel but they didn't fold either mm-hmm. those young kids that came in and got some playing time last week cuz we were really playing well i mean they they held their own and uh the the fact that we're developing that talent now when we have the opportunity is really exciting to me. So, and got the other kids some rest and get them healed up and get ready because boy, tonight's going to be it's going to be a, a, a it's going to be for real. I think yeah. it's going to be a battle. Yep, physical physical battle. All right, well we'll see you there. What's going on down at Garrison Financial? Hey, we're we're doing good. We're taking care of people. Uh, a lot going on in the world today. Um, we're just trying to navigate those waters and help walk people through it and, and uh, give them some confidence with, with what they're doing. About the time you think maybe it's settling down, the <laughs> volatility gets cranked up even higher. <laughs> Holy Moses. Yep. Uh, Scott at SoonerWealth.com is his email address, 124 North Main, right here in Elk City. Go see him, or you can call him, 821 821- one two one nine thank you scotty appreciate your time it is garrison financial friday we'll continue to tell you all about what scott can do we'll hit college football we'll hit some high school football as well before the show is over the skinny on sports on a garrison financial friday coming back next right here on the sports animal hello my name is scott garrison you may remember me as scott the barber or just as ron and carla's son i've been involved in our community since opening scott's barbershop on the southeast corner of third and main in 1998 now i'm back in the same building as garrison financial i started investing in my 20s i invested through the dot-com crash and the great recession i started caring for other people's money in 2018 and i truly enjoy sitting down with my clients understanding their wants and needs as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker, dealer, member, FINRA, and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge
Beverage does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Welcome back. Garrison Financial Friday right here on the Skinny on Sports. Hey, Jared. Do you like concerts? Uh, yeah, just went a week ago today. I went to a concert. Yes, I love concerts. Love going to them. Listeners love concerts. I'm just mm-hmm. sure of it. Mm-hmm. Well, we have the ability to send you to a concert today, tonight, over at JC Cowboys in Weatherford. Chris Cagle of Laredo Chicks Dig It fame is playing tonight at JC Cowboys, and we have a pair of tickets to give away. So if you want those tickets to Chris Cagle at JC Cowboys, just text us your name. 225-9698. 225-9698. If you want to go to see Chris Cagle tonight at JC Cowboys in Weatherford, just text us. 225-9698. First one to do it wins. It's that simple. Oh, Laredo. There was another one. It was pretty popular. It, it, Counted through the days, like you, um, you hear his music, you go, "Oh, that was a good song." That's right. Yeah. All right. So, whoever wants to see Chris Cagle, Texas. Problem is, the people that have texted me so that have texted us so far on the text line. Yeah. I know that they're not going to want to go see Chris Cagle tonight. I think yeah, I'm looking at him. Big Oak Stadium. They're going to be at Big Oak Stadium. (laughs) Try it, but if that's not you, fire in two two five nine six nine eight. College football. What what if anything scares you tomorrow, Jared, with the UCF Knights coming in to play Oklahoma in Norman? Well, they get their quarterback back. I'm not sure if that what that means, but he's been out for so many games. So there's that kind of the unknown. You know, you, you prep for one guy, now you got to prep for this guy. I, so, there's, you know, don't have a lot of film on him, maybe. So, there's always that. Uh, then there's the Texas hangover. You know, that's, I guess, that's more self inflicted than UCF. And, but really, I think the answer is just preparing for a guy that hasn't played for a little bit. How good can he be? I mean, is that why, it, you know, he can't play defense, he can't stop the rush, but. Is that why uh, Central Florida has struggled? So maybe they're getting their quarterback back. How about you? <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean, you look at their offense. They are better. They're higher in the nation than Oklahoma is in total offense. <clears throat> Knocking down about 517 yards per outing and pretty balanced. 270 through the air, 246 on the ground. Oklahoma's rush defense has been phenomenal all season long. My, only the touchdown run for to Brooks against Texas. That's the only rushing touchdown they've given up all year long. So, I, I think I think it makes sense to believe that the bye week came at the right time. Yeah, I think that does make sense. But at the same time, are we sure? They're not ready to just get back out there and continue, you know, and a little momentum, just keep see, it rolling. Yeah, yeah, just see if it kind of. I think it came at a great time because of you get the enjoy it for a week. You know, get all the praises, let it happen instead of having to prepare for a game and also hearing all the. You know what I mean? So you got and then um, and to get healthy. I know that was a rough game. You know, lost one wide receiver, and I'm sure there's other. I mean, they were hitting hard on both sides of football. Both teams, too. You know, I think it's fortunate for Texas they got a bye week, too. 
not because I think they would overlook Houston or that they couldn't beat Houston, but, I mean, if you watch that game, there were some hitting happening. In, I mean, in the interior and in, in tackles and space, there was some hitting happening. So I think that's a plus for OU, too, to get that bye week to try to heal up a little bit. Yeah, uh, for sure. I think that makes total sense. I just, you know, we're seeing it a little bit in the baseball playoffs where <clears throat> maybe the rest isn't helping teams that were rolling. Mm-hmm. Football's different than baseball. I get it, but I don't. I just. It's almost like you just don't want to see anything disrupt the rhythm and everything that was happening for Oklahoma in those first six games of the season. Uh, who steps in? How do they fill the void? You mentioned you mentioned Andrew Anthony, the receiver that went down for the rest of the year with a knee. Are we overlooking how difficult that could be to replace what he's done just because we've seen flashes of Nick Anderson or, or somebody else? Or are we undervaluing exactly what Andrew Anthony did for that offense? Yeah, I, we'll find out. I, I l- was always pleased all season long, even going into the Texas game, of how well Gabriel distributed the ball to everybody. What was it in that Kansas game? He hit 10 wide receivers or 10 targets. Can't have been Kansas. I'm sorry. I'm, I was thinking um, Tulsa. Yeah. I got my blues mixed up. Um, so, and that, that kind of was a trend all year. He was kind of finding – he was going through his progression, finding a guy, you know, it wasn't narrowing in on one guy, which is easy to do. When you have a really good wide receiver like, like Anthony, absolutely. Uh, why not? But – I guess we'll find out this weekend if how important he is in that wide receiver core. But, again, I just go back to, okay, next guy up. I mean, there's still – Gabriel, I don't think, is looking at a number and who he's throwing it to. He's just seeing who's open through his progression. And I think that was evident. It's been evident leading up before the Texas game with how well he has distributed the ball throughout the field. But he's going to be missed. I mean, he he was a he's a great wide receiver. He will be missed. I'm not um, trying to I'm not trying to um, undervalue him. He's, well, he was the one guy that you could count on going down the field to. Yeah. In what in seemingly every single game, and he you know seemed like he was the, where the ball found him on third down a lot too. Yeah, it's I think it's less it's less of it seems like less of an issue now than it would have two months ago before we'd seen Oklahoma play. But we also hadn't seen him either, so you know it's hard to say. He was kind of a mystery coming into this season. I mean, he's, I can't believe Michigan let him go. Right? If we're being real honest, I wonder if it was a philosophy thing. I wonder if he's like, I just don't agree with these guys, and I, I need new environment. Or, maybe so. Or, or maybe they went to him, around. or they went to him and said, "It could be." What if Michigan went to him and said, "It's in your best interest to enter the portal." I mean, he's still a super young dude. That's what's crazy. It's yeah. not like he'd been there forever. He hadn't been there long. Um, Will Oklahoma run the ball for more than 200 yards? I meant to put with running backs. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, 150 to, of them come from DG. I, yeah. meant, I meant to put with running backs against Central Florida, who is giving up, by the way, just a shade under 200 yards per game. I don't. I don't want to say if they don't, it's concerning. <laughs> I'm going to. If they don't run for 200 yards? Yes. This is like – one of the top five or six worst rush defenses in the country. Well, it, it, concern or just give up? 
It's not happening. If you can't run the ball against these dudes, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Who will we see? Is it more of a steady diet of Tawi Walker and Marcus Major, or do we start to see, you know, uh, questions asked about Javante Barnes this week in, in Venable's press conference. He mentioned how they're hopeful to have him back. Hopeful means Sawchuck. No. Are they not healthy? I think it is a health thing. I think they're just not healthy. I mean, do you think but, that but Walker, do you think that they're playing the best two running backs? If everybody's healthy, are they playing the best two? If everybody's healthy, no. <clears throat> but then once, but I mean, why do we say that? Because we saw Gavin Sawchuck for a half against Florida State do great things. And we saw Barnes a lot last year. Mm-hmm. Is it is it just the unknown? With Walker? No, with, with those other two. Is it because they're highly way higher recruited? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I can't put my finger on it because I would agree it doesn't seem like they're playing the best two, but I'm also not there. I mean, they're not openly going to play the worst. I think they're playing the best available. Maybe that's right. Maybe that's – I mean, we saw Suchuk on the field like twice against Texas. So it's not like he's hurt. He's out there. Yeah, if he's hurt, why are you putting him on the field? Exactly. Yeah. And shockingly enough, the times that he was out there, it was to pass protect on third down, which is what you'd think Tawi Walker would be good at with this side. You know, yeah. it's just it's crazy what we're seeing out of the running back spot at Oklahoma. Yeah, I think Demarco it's what will. I think Demarco Murray knows who the best running back. I mean, you would certainly think that that's true, but it's like no one believes it. <laughs> it's it's a wild thing. I, I don't know. We've ever really seen this. Oklahoma win. Oklahoma win easily. What do you think? Uh, yes, because were they perfect against the spread and won as a dog against Texas. So if I'm going to Vegas, I'm sticking with that. So, yeah, I think they win. There might be a lot of points scored, but I still think they pull away. Think like Iowa State. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, this has the makings of 45 20. Something like that. 48 17, something like that. Yeah, Might a, trade a couple scores early and then they <clears> settle <throat> in and, and they're fine. They'll ball control and running the football. Yeah, here's Sam. Sawchuck has to block better. Then why did they have him in the cotton bowl on third down? Yeah. Like three different times. <laughs> it's, just, uh, it's just, it's kind of mind boggling. All right, let's go to Morgantown. Well, wait, do you think they cover or they oh, win? Yeah. I, I, th- I think it's like a. 45 17 42 17 38 17 or 20 I don't think this is the thing I haven't heard anybody talk like this but I you know obviously there's history here with Gabriel and Levy in Central Florida so you you know you probably you always hear that that storyline injected like okay they really want to get their old team i haven't heard any of that i think they're, they're too far removed yeah it's not like if this was not, last year then maybe you have that but there it's been a whole year of football played a year both, and a half they both now. have moved on yeah there's no there was no like like when baker left texas tech you, you heard that every time they played against each other you know the tech fans called him a traitor and yeah baker but he was won. mad at the, he, he was mad at them because they didn't yeah. play him and all that there was none of that going on it was more amicable yeah so I don't. So people might try to say, "Well, there's going to be a lot of emotion in this game before Dylan Gabriel and Levy." And I don't think so. I don't think so. I think there's bigger fish, fish to fry. Yep. Um, 
Are we going to watch a battle for third place in the Big 12 in Morgantown on Saturday between OSU and West Virginia? I mean, one could say they're still alive for second place in theory. Well, uh, Oklahoma State's still alive to win the conference. There you go. And I don't know. Quite, frank, not, and quite it, frankly, so is West Virginia. Does Oklahoma State's already beaten Kansas State? That's a that's a big win for them in hindsight. With what man, Kansas State's been playing the wrong quarterback the entire year. And is West Virginia who they got left? Do they have? I know they play OU. Well, know that they have. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, at Central Florida, BYU at home at Oklahoma. Cincinnati at home at Baylor. Woo. They win this one. There ain't a lot left. There ain't a lot left at all on that schedule. And we talked about OSU's schedule, too. There ain't a ton left on it, either. Both of them have Oklahoma differences. West Virginia has to come to Norman. The Sooners go to Stillwater. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole bunch of new teams and the new teams have not and the fared new teams well. have not fared well. Oklahoma State plays all four newbies in OU after, <clears throat> excuse me, after Saturday. And I, I, just reading that, West Virginia just I didn't count them, but I think they got three of four. UCF, yeah, UCF, BYU, and Cincinnati. They've already they lost to Houston, obviously last week on that hail mary. Golly, what a crusher that could be. Looking back, it could be. And then at Baylor. I think I think whoever wins this game has a very very realistic chance to end up third in the conference, especially if it's OSU because of what you said with a Kansas State win. They would have any tiebreaker there. They don't. Neither one of them play Texas. They both play OU, and they both get a bunch of new a bunch of the new guys on the block. Whereas Kansas State has to go to Texas. Kansas has OU still. Iowa State. They have host Texas. They host Texas, play Kansas State. And Kansas. Yeah, these two seem to have the inside track to me, schedule-wise. After, you know, whoever comes out of the fray. Yeah, you get this win and then, you know, put yourself in a real good position, maybe even to sneak into second place. That's what I'm saying. They're still in play for that, even like you said first. But stay in position – to give yourself a chance to get to Arlington, mm-hmm. this game gives you that leg. Yeah, up. it's it feels like an eliminator for the loser, right? Mm-hmm. At least to to end up at second. I think. I mean, it, it seems like I get third place talk. I get it, but they're not hanging banners for third place. No. They, they want to play for a Big Twelve championship, sure. and these two teams are still alive for that. That's that's the bigger picture for me. Is that's what this win could mean for the, these two teams? Yeah, but you have no you have no chance to get up to second if you can't be third. Understood. Yeah. And winning this puts them square in that battle, and then you kind of see what that's what's weird about it. You you know with these new with the new teams. A year ago. It would all be settled because everybody was going to play. And now we're back to that, okay, who's on whose schedule like it was for the first, whatever, 25 years of the Big 12 or whatever before it changed um, when, the, when the four schools left. So now you, yeah, you got to start looking, okay, who's got this, who's got that, and especially 
with the dominance that the old school Big 12 teams have had over the new ones that have come in this year, that really kind of plays a part. You look at Iowa State. They beat Cincinnati last week easily on the road. But if there are five games that are left, only one of them's against a new one, and that's at BYU. So that's that's much tougher than what uh, the schedule makers gave Oklahoma State and West Virginia for sure. All right, the big games around the country, you seem like you were leaning more toward the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes in the shoe against Penn State, even though you'd kind of come around a little bit on the Nittany Lions over the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're um, very well balanced. We were doing our flaws. It was really hard to find a flaw. My only flaw was they uh, have trouble or they give up a lot of, I say a lot, I'm air quoting that one, a lot of uh, points in the red zone. If you get in the red zone against the Nittany Lions, you're going to score. Only problem is only seven or only, uh, it's only happened to them seven times. It's the only flaw I could find about them. But because of that, Ohio State. No, everyone's talking smack on them and saying, "Oh, they're not like they were. They're they're slow to start and what you know." They're listening to that. They're hearing that, and they're and this is they they play well under the spotlight. They they have it under Ryan Day. They have at the shoe, and I just think there's that. And you know, and it's the Buckeyes with with the stickers on their helmet and everything. I think Penn State they're always kind of played second fiddle to that. Not so much Michigan under James Franklin, but to that. So I I lean slightly Ohio State. I think they come out and they have a real impressive win against Notre Dame. I think that was evident by what Notre Dame did last week at USC, maybe. We'll see what happens to USC for the, further down the road. But because it's at Ohio State, I just lean Ohio State. It just has that making of the place is going to be crazy and they're going to come out clicking on all cylinders. Like, look, we can still play four quarters of football here um, against a good team. That's so. I want to pick Penn State. Don't kid yourself. I just can't do it. Here's what'll scare you: percent of plays gaining twenty plus yards for Penn State this year, three and a half percent. That's dead last in F- in football. Percent of rushes gaining twenty yards, one point five percent. That's one hundred and twenty fourth. Percent of completions gaining twenty yards, nine point six. That's one hundred and twenty seventh. Everybody assumes that Drew Aller is going to be an upgrade over Sean Clifford. He hasn't been. Not yet. But this is his real – I mean, this is it. Yeah. We're, we'll find out tomorrow. Um, God, those numbers scare me to death. I was really kind of leaning toward <laughs> Penn State. I like, I've, I've liked them, but I don't know. As you, as, you go, as you go into this series and you look at what's happened, it, 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 it's the same thing every time. Penn State's ranked. Ohio State's ranked. Uh, Ohio State is ranked higher. Penn State will play pretty good, and Ohio State will win. James Franklin one and eight, only in twenty sixteen was his only win. Yeah, guy, this is making me think Ohio State's gonna win. <laughs> I, I've been thinking Penn State all week, but uh, 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 it's ESPN hard to... Analytics has them winning a sixty three percent chance. Yeah, I just of saw that too as I clicked on the story. If this thing was at night, it'd be even better. But it's right at eleven a.m. Yeah. I wonder if that's a thing. But you know, get their yeah. fans juiced up. Ohio State probably wins. You're, uh, they're going to win. All right, let's take a break. You're probably, uh, Dad Gummit. I hate liking numbers so much. <laughs> numbers don't lie. That's not I've, normally I've, not in big giant trends like I that. I keep telling myself that when I look at these, I'm like, numbers don't lie. That's a they're, huge trend. They're facts. 
10 of 11, or 11 of 12, Ohio State's beat, beat Penn State. We'll be back. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. Now we're back. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Garrison Financial Friday. Scotty G was with us earlier. He's not too high on the uh, prospects of Caleb. Is it too low to sell your Caleb? Is I'm it too early sure. to sell it all? I kind of looked at him side-eyed when he was – was it was he comparison, comparing him to Jamarcus Russell? Yeah, a little bit. I don't know if that would go that far. I think the big arm is what the comparison was there and maybe the, the mental – Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got text, Caleb Soft. Do you think there would be as His much – His response to the heckling Notre Dame fan was, was very cringe. Uh-huh. Very soft response. It, it was – I thought the way he handled it on the field was perfect. He didn't do anything. Well, he you know, didn't he do just, anything He just kind of looked at him like, all right, yeah, you got me. Move on. But when asked about it, he, he was a little pompous about it. And How much do you think people, football fans, view him as soft because he paints his, tongue, his uh, fingernails? A little bit. You think that plays into it? A little bit. And then and – then, um, which I don't really blame him for this, but some people do. Him following Riley to USC and, and not sticking it out. There's still some some animosity there. Where people think, well, you should have stuck it out with the team he committed to and all that stuff. I, he didn't I commit to the team. I didn't. Like I said, he, I yeah. didn't commit. I didn't. He committed I to. I never blamed Lincoln him for that. Riley. Yeah. It didn't matter where Lincoln Riley was coaching. That's where Caleb but, Williams was going. But my point is, there are people who don't see it that way, and they go, yeah. "Oh, you're soft because you just." It's kind of like the Kevin Durant thing. You you went to the winning team. You think those same people are mad at Jackson Arnold for following Jeff Levy to OU when he got the offense coordinator job? I don't think yeah. those same people have. I don't think they have the same opinion of each of those quarterbacks, right? Because it worked in the favor of OU when Levy got the job. And no, they'll be Jackson mad. At, uh, they'll be mad if Levy gets a head and coaching he gig somewhere, and then Arnold goes with them. That'll be interesting. I just don't think Jeff Levy's going to get a big enough job for Arnold to leave OU to go to Tulane. Something like, well, you're going to get that one. Unless Willie Fritz retires. Um, let's talk about tonight. Who's had the harder job this week, coaching staff wise? Weatherford trying to prepare with a uh, with a backup quarterback and, and making his first start of the year, or is it on this side of it with the Elks? trying to figure out what's going to happen uh, with Tyson McSpirit behind center as opposed to Stone Chisholm? Or is it kind of equal? I, I want to say a little equal. I feel – I don't know. I, I don't mean this in a 
bad way. I'm physically wearing an Oak City shirt, but that is something. You only have about a half, one half of film on this young on this young man, on this quarterback, to prepare for him, and he was thrust in there due to injury. And so the game plan on Friday night, or was that Thursday? Friday night. I'm so confused. Thursday. Thursday night for um for Weatherford versus Cash. You know, it was so. It, so I don't know. I, I I feel like Elks like kind of I don't want to say flying in blind, but on the other side of that, I said this earlier this week. Weatherford's not going to change everything that they've done. Uh, you know, you're, here we are, week eight. You don't throw out the playbook. And go, okay, we got a new quarterback. We need to do some di- things different. So I think you still prepare for it the same, but I think it's a little bit, little bit of a challenge, more of a challenge for Elk City coaches preparing for a guy they've basically never seen. Yeah. I- I think there is going to be a lot different. You think so? Yes, because from what you, at least from what we've seen, Stone Chisholm's legs were a huge part of what Weatherford did offensively, and at least in the second half of last week's game, Spirit didn't it didn't appear to have that same uh, dynamic. Now, when you saw him throw the ball, he looked pretty good at throwing it. And there's part of me that wonders if this doesn't help unleash the guys that have been held down just a little bit, and that is Jet, and that is CJ. Mm -hmm. You know, we've seen Jet. Well, that might be forced to step up a little more and get the ball more. Get the ball to him. You know what I'm saying? And 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 kind of change that that plan around those two guys. Um, Quite frankly, we've seen jet make big plays this year but it's been in the kicking game it hasn't necessarily been as wide receiver and we saw a year ago as a sophomore the impact he can have making big plays in the pass game mm-hmm. and so i maybe I'm, I'm not sitting here saying anything about playing the wrong quarterback the whole year it's not what i'm trying to say at all because what chisholm brought was something that can't be replicated it doesn't look like just from a size standpoint when you look in the roster. I mean, it's six foot two, two hundred and fifteen versus five foot nine, one sixty five. Yeah, you probably don't want that guy getting hit very often. Whereas you know Chisholm can can deliver blows as opposed to to just receive them. But just seeing in limited, very 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 limited action, maybe the fit. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. The fit of of McSpirit's game fits with what Weatherford's strengths are. And who knows, maybe that, you know, it opens up run game for Blackman and Garcia as well. With, you know, being able to, the the threat is a little bit higher on the outside uh, with with what they're going to do through the air. It's supposed to be a perfect night. So, not, you know, it's not like it's going to be a a windy, you know, wind shouldn't no, be an issue like for, for throwing the football. Week. No, I, no, it's going to be beautiful. I, I, I think I, it's fascinating to see now, what happens. All that being said about the offense, I, and I think you feel this way too, it, this feels like it could be a defensive juggernaut of a game. Yeah, As if, physical as both teams want to be, mm-hmm. and as defensive-minded as they are, we've seen that even in losses for Weatherford, they play really good defense in, in Elk City too. It, it, it feels like it could be a 17-14 14-13 final, something to well, that affair. Well, and, you know, if 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 the Weatherford coaches are wanting to kind of get McSpirit acclimated into the game, how do you do that? You try to run the ball. 
right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or giving just little easy passes out to the outside that almost work as like sweeps or what have you, just to get him kind of settled in. So yeah, I, I definitely. I, I think early. It's gonna. I think. I think the Big Oaks have a good idea. Excuse me, a good idea of, of maybe what they're gonna see from Weatherford defensively, right? Mm-hmm. And and the Elks are gonna do what they do. Uh, that's just what's gonna happen, right? But I think early in, the, especially early in the game. It's important for the Elks defense to do the job. As as they get acclimated to what Weatherford's going to try to do. Don't give up big plays. I think containing Nick Jett in the kicking game is of utmost importance. With a with a new guy behind, under center you don't want to give either short fields or freebies in the kicking game, and that dude can take advantage, man. He is – I don't know how many – he's had a couple just watching some of the games that called back punt or kickoff returns, and he's had a few that, that counted. That guy is explosive. Almost unlike any anybody that the Elks have really seen. Maybe Haynes from Carl Albert was that type of guy. But as far as just like kick return type receiver guys, I mean, Nixon gets the pub as he should with his physical abilities. There's no doubt about it. But in a lot of ways, Jet scares you more mm-hmm. because of his ability. I mean, he can score from literally anywhere on the field. He's smaller, but man, he can move. He can fly, and he's really elusive. And so I think the big up defense early, first quarter, first quarter and a half, really needs to do the job to then maybe some doubt starts creeping into minds and, you know, take advantage of being physical up front on the other side. And it's a fascinating matchup just because you're not sure what you're going to get. And I think it's a, it's it's just human nature, right? When you When you going into a game and you see the other team doesn't have – their guy mm-hmm. it's just kind of human nature to let up a little bit and the elks can't do that because of the ball that the spirit throws and the receivers that he gets to throw it to they cannot let down thinking oh this is in the bag because chisholm's not playing listen if if you're letting down i don't care who's taking snaps it's it's your rival that's true <laughs> it's one of your rivals that, if you that, let that is down the good something's thing. wrong here you need to be getting up it doesn't matter you should at least be pinning your ears back going all right let's go get this guy that is let's go get this team you know i don't i don't think that's a problem getting letting down well just not folk letting down may not be it yeah i mean if it was john marshall i see what you're saying but it's the weatherford eagles the weatherford eagles are coming to town they're going to be up and ready as if it was clinton coming to town or or Vice versa, Weatherford going to Clinton, they they all get ready for each other. That's I probably, don't see any kind of a letdown. It should be right. That yeah. that should be right. But they are kids. They are. They are kids. There's just that natural inclination. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> could Chicka Shea give Clinton anything? They keep their shoes on. I think they could. <laughs> They're a little bit of athletes on Chicka Shea's side. They they always do, right? They I always mean, they, have those athletes, but the and they always have a couple of monsters yeah. on the offensive line. Right. Of course, it's been that Cecil Robinson for years now. But 
Yeah. Um. It. I think things really have to go Chickasha's way. Uh, we mentioned the defense. Clinton's defense has played really well the last few weeks. They basically had an off week last week. From what I understand, they played their entire JV mm-hmm. against um, Guyman and still had a lot of success. Now, I bet you Guyman played a lot of their twos and threes as well. But, I uh, no, I don't see it uh, being a problem for Clinton. Clinton should be fine. Yeah, the, the move that Coach Higby made after the Heritage Hall game to put those – put Rhodes and Sully back at the safety spots more mm-hmm. more senior guys has worked tremendously because that was the one thing early on you could throw it on Clinton yeah Sully is actually from what I've seen I saw when we we played him in watching Weatherford he's he plays really good defense yes I think he plays really almost better than quarter I'm not trying to say that in a disparaging way but I think he plays really good defense has a nose for the ball and and you mentioned the senior leadership well think about how they do it we said the same thing about Powell that's true but when you get when you get those guys involved offensively the way that Clinton does on those pitch sweeps where they're making contact they're blocking guys yeah I think that leads to more of a defensive He's mindset. Seeking out hits, yes. both offensive and defensive. Absolutely, side. yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. All right, Merritt and Sarah both have to win. Oilers have it way tougher on the road at Thomas versus Merritt hosting Moreland. Basically, a loss by either puts them behind the eight ball. Sarah can maybe still wiggle out and and get into the fourth spot in the playoffs. Merritt virtually has zero chance. Uh, without winning the next three, and that's a tough, tough ask with Thomas Hooker hitting Fairview on the schedule. Mm. Um, that's a murder's row of games yeah, right there. Sarah, if they can keep their offense going like they ended it against Merritt mm-hmm. last week, maybe. I mean, Moreland, they've been kind of up and down this year. A little bit. Uh, Hollis, basically a playoff game with Balco Forgan coming to town. You get this win, Hollis will be in the playoffs. Long no matter tri- what. Long trip for Balco Forgan. It is. It is indeed. And Hollis got this win last year when these two played in a similar type game. Uh, we mentioned Guthrie. Boy, they're for real. They lost, but a valiant effort, 24-21 yeah. uh, to uh, uh, to uh, Carl Albert. With uh, thinking about it, you'd hope that's a a um, 5A final and not a semifinal. Yeah, who else is in that district? Somebody else is good. Piedmont and is not Elgin. Elgin's, Elgin's in the top district. District 1. I think Piedmont's in this district. Yeah, I think Piedmont is too. Yep. They're, they're okay. Yeah, uh, you certainly hope that's a final. Yeah, or Elgin or Dell City. Listen, 5A is going to be awesome. The 5A playoffs will be 5A, rocking. Especially yeah. once you get further on in like semifinals. If it could be Elgin, Carl Albert, Piedmont, and Dell City. This might not be as easy for a Carl Albert as we think. Uh, Piedmont 7-1, and one, and that game is next week. Nope, week 10, sorry. Week 10 with Piedmont and Carl Albert. Elgin MacArthur's got to be coming up yeah, next week. MacArthur just blasted um, El Reno last night. Oh, really? 46-7. to seven. That's a good win. Blasted them. All right. Big Elk TV, 6-15. Pre-game, 7 o'clock kick for the Elks and the Weatherford Eagles. Battle for second place in 4A1. Merritt on the road at Thomas. That's a 7 o'clock kick on Paragon TV. Also, Hollis at home against Balco Forgan. Catch that one, 7 o'clock on Paragon TV tonight. Wall-to-wall high school football brought to you by Paragon Communications. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks to Scotty G of Garrison Financial Friday is over. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. 
Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening.